Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach, and Adam, welcome! Oh man, how are you doing, Zach? I'm, I'm doing alright. I'm living, I'm living in an ever-expanding, exponential world uh, <laughs> where the future and the past and the present may not be what it seems. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect to go to my local comic book store and leave with packets of, uh, Krakoa seeds today, but, uh, that actually happened. So... I didn't expect them to be actual <laughs> literal seeds. I thought they would be little plastic tchotchkes. Oh no, they are, nope. they are, uh, bachelor buttons. Um, they are. Marvel thought it was a great idea to get a bunch of endangered species and hand them out to X-Men fans <laughs> and say, nourish these things, plant them, water them, grow them in the ground. Oh, well, luckily we, uh, we're not alone today and we have someone who is nourishing all of this, uh, wonderful X content. We, we do, uh, coming back for his second appearance on this podcast. Uh, you may know him from X-Men Monday or from literally X-Men, every X-Men comic you've been reading for like the last year and a half. His name's right there front and center. Well, not front and center, kind of middle and bottom, I think is how those pages are normally laid out. Regardless, we have with us Jordan Delano White. Jordan, how you doing today? <laughs> My name is not actually Delano. That is a rumor that Jake Thomas tried to start, and I in turn call him Jake Taylor Thomas, which is also not accurate. Um, <laughs> but it is Jordan D. White. Yes, it's good to be here. Good, good, good. Now, Jordan, you have uh, you are the senior editor uh, at Marvel over to the X Men books, along Correct. with the few assorted others correct yeah yeah although slightly fewer than than uh, there used to be uh because uh i'm sad to say that uh, darren shan uh shifted out of the x office into the avengers office when when the number of x books dropped dramatically so mm. now there are slightly fewer of us now but um yeah me annalise bissa and uh chris robinson are all that's left in the in the x office. we're an endangered species Right, right. Cause, because obviously right now Marvel is getting rid of all the X-Men things. Uh, <laughs> we're just down to two books. I don't know why you guys aren't paying enough attention to this very Whoa. good line. And I'm sure you've had talks with your higher-ups about this one, Jordan. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But no, no, no. Right now uh, X-Men is actually going through a very exciting time. Uh, Jonathan Hickman has launched uh, House of X and Powers of Ten. Uh, which, by the way, if you do the math, Ten is x in the context that they're using uh, in the series, so call it whatever you want. I don't care. Johnny will be mad at you, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to talk to you anyway, so I don't think he's going to care that much. Uh, he wants to talk to me. He talks to me like every day. You, you're different. You're. I don't know if boss. You're a collaborator. Uh, on this. Oh wow. He doesn't want to uh, talk to me, and he's only uh, made that. He didn't say that in so many words. He just said he doesn't do interviews, which is fine, which is fine. I understand his point of view. Uh, but we got you, which is great. That is that is not that is not by any means a, a step down. That's like a horizontal move. Oh. Uh, 
and I'm very excited about it. It was fun last time, and it's going to be fun now. I hope so. Now, speaking of last time, uh, nothing that you had actually, like, approved as a pitch was being, like, announced when you were on the show last July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now a lot of things have been announced. A lot of things have happened, and a lot more things are happening. That's uh, true. With the Dawn of X book. So... How do you handle keeping track of what you're allowed to talk about and what you're not allowed to talk about at any given time? Um, well, I mean, that's a thing I've gotten used to over the years. I mean, I've only been on the X-Books for just over a year, but I've been at Marvel for, I don't know, 11, 12 now? Uh, what is it? Mm-hmm. It's 2019, so so 12, almost 12 years. Um and you know, I was working on I was working on Star Wars books. I was sitting there knowing exactly what was going to happen in a bunch of Star Wars movies and not telling anyone. That was pretty exciting. <laughs> that seems like a I'll be honest. That seems like a bigger cultural deal. <laughs> <laughs> Those movies only make all the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I knew that that Luke was like the Jedi have to end so much earlier than that movie came out, and I couldn't say a word. Oh my goodness, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot to <laughs> keep burdened on yourself with all those NDAs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but what? but yeah, but I mean, like, uh, you know, but that's part of the fun, too. Um, not lording it over people, although that is fun. But I meant more, like you said, I'm a collaborator on these books. So I am just as excited as the creators are to to see the audience uh, experience them as as we intend them to. In fact, uh I'll I'll be honest with you. It totally totally weirds me out when I go online on a Tuesday <laughs> before the books come out and everybody's begging for spoilers. I'm like, "What? What are you doing? Why? <laughs> why are you why do you want this? It will be better if you just read the book." Mm-hmm. Especially especially, let me be honest with you. Especially in the case of these books which have a lot going on. So when you're yes. reading other people's summaries, there's a good chance you're reading somebody else's misunderstanding of the book. Oh, big time. <laughs> big yep. time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever want spoilers. I think I just want the darn book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just I want my grubby little hands on it. Um, we've had uh, a pretty amazing year of you sitting on this, this Hickman secret. Um, when you joined the X-Line, you knew that Hickman was coming on. Um, you also knew that you had this window to be publishing X books until this relaunch, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. what was the decision-making like to go into the uncanny run and then into age of X-Men, as opposed to just kind of continuing with the status quo of the resurrection line books until Hickman hit? Um, it was really complicated. Um, and I, I, I will first. I'll start by just correcting a slight thing, which is I, I didn't know for sure he was coming in. I knew oh, okay. pretty pretty immediately upon becoming X Men editor, they were. I was told um, we've been talking to Hickman, and he wants to come in and pitch. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't definitive. Okay. Um, so it was like something's probably going to happen. I mean, we knew there was going to be a shakeup in general. Uh, there was, but the fact that he was pitching meant it was like, well, that seems fairly likely. <laughs> that seems like a but, home run. Look, but you never know. They put out yeah. an ad that was just his last name. That feels like <laughs> he he could uh, he could kind of pitch his ideas. If a lot of people are gonna like, as long as it's not that bad, they're gonna say, 
I guess we're going to trust you. You did make the best <laughs> event that we've put out in maybe ever? Maybe, maybe. It, it was pretty big. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, obviously, obviously. Uh, but he did still have to pitch. And, and sure. So he came in uh, uh, this, uh, you know, relatively soon into, into my run. I don't remember exactly when. In fact, at one point I was trying to look on my calendar to see if I could find, like, the meeting of, like, here's when he came, the day he came in and pitched, and I couldn't find it. I was really bummed. Ah, uh, yes, you have the same year-end review strategy as I do of looking at all of your <laughs> meetings and trying to remember what you did for the last year. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he came in, and he we got him in a room with me, uh, Joe Casada, Dan Buckley, C.P. Sabolsky. Um, I think Tom Brevoort and Nick Lowe were both there as well, as well as uh, you know the, my my X Men folks. Uh, uh, Chris Robinson and Elise uh, was there back then. Uh, Darren was there as well, and uh, he pitched us his idea for for this this crazy two book or two miniseries series where all the other X Men books would stop and these would be the only books that existed for for twelve weeks in a row. And, uh, you know, it's not exactly the same as it is now, but a good amount of it is the same. A good amount of it, uh, the, the, the big ideas were there. Uh, I would say critically, there is one key element that, that changed that, that kind of is responsible for making me go from a, this, this will never work to actually, this will work great. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, we'll put a one pin in that thing. one, and then I will ask you that at a later date. But yes, yes a, a, a later, a later date, probably pretty far in the future. A year from now. Well, I, maybe. Okay. It depends. Depends how things go. Depends yeah. how things go. Um, he's got big plans. <laughs> yeah. Four decades worth, right? <laughs> I was only joking about that. That was me exaggerating. But people did seem to take that very literally. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> He does have a long, long, long-term plan. He um, just wants to get to like 18 years to top Claremont and then he'll retire, <laughs> right? Exactly. That's all you need to do. Um, but but as soon as we heard the idea, again, it was so big. It, it changed so much and it had so much, so many great ideas to it. Um, and, it and, and I, and I, I you know, I, it's easy to say it changes so much, but it's important to note it changes so much in a way that is true to the X-Men's idea and spirit it, it re-reveals it in a new light you mm-hmm. know that kind of thing like it's not like we went well now they're now they're not mutants anymore they're you know that no like I, you'll well you'll see you guys will see obviously um but yeah but it was so cool and again my first reaction was nah, i don't this can't we can't do this this is not going <laughs> to work and then in talking to him more and more and, and the idea kind of morphing a tiny bit uh, like Joe, Joe Casada gave a note that I think was perfect, and uh, Jonathan took it, and it made the pitch even better. Um, and now, from then on, I was very excited about it. And so it's it's been a very hard secret to keep. Now, your actual question. That was actually me just correcting that he wasn't already on board when I got there. <laughs> no, but that, that's very that's very good. And Barry Hickman like gives us another piece to the puzzle that we did not previously have. Yes, that's true. For the record, we like this kind of inside baseball. So uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know okay. if our listeners do. I'm into it. I don't know. That's I, well, I, like. I hope so. As for how we decided to what to do, I mean, again, we already knew there was going to be a shakeup of some sort. Uh, and then, it, and then it became 
once we committed to that Jonathan was going to come in, then it became, okay, well, when is that going to happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> we, f- we figured out when that was going to happen. Um, and then we went, okay, that's going to need uh, some time. For I mean, again, it's six issues biweekly, essentially, for, on two different books. Those artists need a lot of time to, mm-hmm. to get ahead and, and uh, draw it. And um, so this is the soonest we thought we could pull it off. And uh, a lot there was a lot of back and forth about what will happen in the interim, um, whether there will be an, an ongoing, whether there'll be a, you know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of different ideas of what form that would take. And we ended up with what I thought was a pretty, a pretty fun one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, one, one of the ways that that came out was the Age of X-Men event, which I feel like I feel like Adam and I were let's say pretty big uh signal bearers of we were excited for this thing and we wanted wanted to see what in the world it was and i think what it what it ended up being was this big weird diverse world with super talented creators that told unique stories to the x-men something that we honestly hadn't seen before so i guess my question to you is with this event out of the way Mm mm-hmm what are your takeaways from that event as a whole? What do you think worked really well about it? What do you think were, you know, areas that, you know, if you were to do it again, you might uh, change some stuff? Well, it's it's funny you say that. Like, in some ways, in some ways I am doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the sense in the sense that uh, it was – so to give, to give people a little bit of background on it, uh, we started this book called Uncanny X-Men. And we we knew we were going to do that. Uh, wow. As I think about it, it's sort of OK. This is me <laughs> literally just thinking of this in the moment. And I promise you it was not planned that this way. But in some ways, it's like I was pre preparing for the thing that we're doing now because we started with a 10 issue weekly series. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we knew how that was going to end. And at some point we decided, oh, we'll spin that ending into uh, uh, <laughs> for some reason, I keep wanting to say Adam X, and that is not the case. <laughs> no, but that would be very good too. I also X-Men. want to see that later. <laughs> X Men taking all the X Men into another universe, into or into creating a universe for them, and uh, and making a new reality. And um, once we had that idea, then we were like, well, we'll do it kind of like like Age of Apocalypse, obviously, where it's mm-hmm. connected miniseries. And uh, again, that's sort of similar to what we're doing now in that we're doing a 12 issues that come out weekly and then we're spinning into a X-Men line that we are, uh, I mean, it's no spoiler to say we are working it as a much tighter X-Men line than we have in the recent past. Okay. Um, Jonathan is very much overseeing what we're doing for the Dawn of X books and we are all working very closely together. Uh, every creative team, every writer to know what each other are doing and how and why and how the books fit together and to create a cohesive uh, new X-Men universe. So in, in a way, what one of the things I took out of it was that that's what we did for Age of X-Men. We were um, – Zach and Lonnie came in. At one point, we were we were talking about the, uh, the disassembled writers doing this, but unfortunately, all three of them got very busy with other – books uh, they they all in the in the interim had 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 gotten other gigs and we were like i don't think we're going to be able to have them write uh this this 
over oversee this this uh, this era. So uh, Zach and Lonnie had just done uh, a run on Cable, and we knew they were very excited about the character X Man, mm-hmm. uh, and they and they were. And the first <laughs> time I talked to them, they they absolutely like just just sang his praises and talked about how like this is the 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 story they were born to write. <laughs> um, they they I could not have asked for a more uh, enthusiastic uh, pair of guys to write about about uh, Nate Gray. Uh, and so they went away when we, we talked to them and said, here's what we're looking for, this kind of a thing. They went away and came back with like a couple of pitches for the, the how the universe would work. And we, we kind of, I think, sort of combined two of them, one that had to do with the relationships and how the, and him, him, him not wanting relationships and wanting everyone to be very individual in, in like uh, this weird, like, contradictory thing of like individual for the strength of the whole sort of thing mm-hmm. very very strange and, and fun and also the idea that he is the universe like physically mm-hmm. um they had they originally had it in a, in a like a, a much kind of weirder version but i'll i'll leave that for, to them to tell at some point of what that meant um and we kind of combined those and they they wrote up a, a an overarching thing of here's what we're going to do in in the X-Men X-Men book and they kind of went here's our suggestions for what the other books could be we took those like really rough ideas for what those could be and approached people and we went to people who uh who whose work we found exciting and we were able to go to people who hadn't really necessarily done a bunch of stuff for us before mm-hmm. um you know and I'm very excited that we did cuz you know they're people that uh, the, you know, working with with uh, Vita was amazing. Working with Leah was amazing, and we're very excited to be able to work with them more. Uh, yeah, I think both of those books were uh, a lot of the books were standouts to me. I, I really like the event in general, but uh, I think Vita and Leah really shown uh, as part of the event, and I'm I'm so excited that you're bringing them back um, as part of the ongoing stuff. And and yeah, I, I agree. And and so I I think um, so I think the big thing I learned is just how how to have a, a group of of writers all being working together and and trying to weave it through together. And I think I mean I don't I'm not saying it didn't go well on that. I think it did go well, but I think it's going even better now. Like I learned mm-hmm. the ins and outs of it and how, what the what to avoid and what to encourage and and so we're doing that in a bigger way for the Dawn of X stuff. For this specific podcast, that's a very encouraging takeaway. <laughs> uh, now, now one one trend that fans did pick up during the interim of you know this last let's call it year or so mm-hmm. uh, was the deaths of a lot of characters in uh, Uncanny X Men. Some of, some of this discourse was you know really heightened by you know frankly the sensitive nature of some of these deaths. Sure. I guess my question to you is, what does the editorial process look like when you're dealing with what are legitimately sensitive issues? That's a great question. Well, I learned a lot uh, doing the blindfold issue that I didn't know before. And I'm glad that I did. Uh, Because I, I will be honest with you, I was not aware of some of the facts about about the representation of suicide in media. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I had heard about uh, the Netflix show, uh, the 13... 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. I, I, it's not a show I ever watched. 
Um, so I didn't know the intimate details of it, but I, I had heard that it was being heavily criticized for it. And my, but my understanding of it was that it was mostly centered around the fact that it was uh, suicide used as like revenge and like I'll show them and that it seemed like it was effective in that. And so mm-hmm. that obviously is not a, a lovely thing to encourage. But I hadn't heard before working on this issue about the statistics involving the depiction uh, causing copycat type mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. Uh, just from the depiction itself, not regardless of the intent of, of the of the uh, like revenge type type of a thing. Um, sure. Because to my mind, I had always seen it as, well, no, you depict this thing as terrible and awful across the board, then it comes off as awful and we all understand mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. But now I know that that's not the case, um, that, that if you're having those problems and, uh, and you see it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't hit you that way. Um, right. And so that was something that came up very, very close to sending that issue to press and um, like, like, like right at the end. And we, I did not, again, I had never heard that before. And so upon hearing that, I was like, oh, wow. Like I, obviously none of us want that. So we did some changes to the book based on that. And we put in the hotline information. Uh, again, I know that even still, uh, it still kind of struck people as as a bit too much. Uh, but obviously, I never uh, intend for anyone to be hurt by images that we put in our comics. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I take it as a learning experience. And, and we're doing our best not to ever do anything like that. Uh, to in a way that hurts people in the future. Oh, I think that's fair. Well, let's shift gears a little bit here and let's move on to uh, our House of X, our Powers of Ten, our Hox Pox. Um, <laughs> just read Powers of X, uh, or excuse me, Powers of Ten, number one today. Um, are, are we saying that all of X-Men continuity takes place over 10 calendar years? So, no. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a thing that... There's a thing that... Uh, I've seen some people comment on this on the internet, but not not a lot of them. There's a thing in math uh, about orders of magnitude, mm-hmm. yes, and, which says that basically you round to the nearest order of magnitude. Ah, so you're not uh, wrong. Yeah, so one, ten, one hundred, one thousand, like fifteen would still be 10 20 would still be 10 i think I, if i remember it's been a while since i really looked into it but i think it's like 30 something where that starts going maybe at this point you start maybe going up although no even that wouldn't make no i <laughs> i don't know there, it's it's tricky it's not as simple as you think it is i know i just remember it's not like 50 where, where like it was with normal okay. um estimation but it's Again, nobody likes my answers to, to how long it's been <laughs> because it's always going to be like 12 13 years it's not a lot of time Ten years is is short, but yeah. it's not that much longer. Yeah, okay, Cyclops one, is twenty seven or twenty eight, guys. Sorry. <laughs> okay, one, you're wrong, but two, uh, <laughs> it's the the one thing I don't get because I mean, comic book time just will never make sense, and that's fine. And we just all need to accept it. It actually makes perfect sense. Al Ewing fixed it. Al Ewing fixed it by hand waving it all away. He, like he no, the entire universe has jumbo. a time has a gravity of time in the same way that we have gravity of mass, and time 
all of time and instances are pulled forward with the mass of the present. Look, I, I love how Ewing. <laughs> I think a I think Ultimate Squared was beautiful and it was a great series. That's oh, mumbo and, jumbo garbage. And that's, that's, that's I happen to know that you are a fan of uh, Worst X Men Ever. Yes, yes, I think it, which, I, I think it's still in fan. our top ten X Men stories yep. ever. Which also explains it. It sure does. In a, much, in a very satisfying way. It does. It involves Max Bemis writing a letter. It's very... Uh... So, there you go. It all works. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's an even bigger real answer, obviously. Um, and I, I, Well, first of all, there's my other joke answer which that I love, which is the one that, where I revealed that every panel of every comic is a different universe. Sure. Which is um, also good. I love that answer. But, uh, no, there's the bigger, bigger real answer, which is it's all fun make ups guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you read a comic that has Ronald Reagan in it, like, does your brain break? Like, what does everybody do? Like, you, yeah. he was president a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Cyclops, you guys can argue with me that Cyclops isn't 27 or 28, but we all agree he's not uh, – 65 right yeah that would that would also be nonsense (laughs) yeah right so the fact that they literally and directly talk about what year it is and who the president is at many times during the the past of the x-men you have to kind of mentally go in and go i've edited that i've edited that in my head as a reader so that no longer is the case the same is true with the number of years passing the same is true Guess what? Sometimes it might even be true if they said in the past it's been 15 years and now we're going, no, it hasn't. That no longer is the case. That balloon, just like when them going, you know who the president is, Ronald Reagan? Those both changed. (laughs) Or listen, if you'd like, listen, this is not going to happen. I was going to say, though, (laughs) if you guys want, we could put out X-Men Digest like they do with Archie and we'll update all the things. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Dan Buckley, call me. That would be very good. <laughs> Where they replace uh, uh, Magnum P.I. with, oh, gee, what were they watching? What were also they Magnum P.I. We will just replace it with the new Magnum P.I. that was ah, just out recently. That's so, but I, I understand it wasn't good for what, <laughs> that's my understanding, so. Continuity aside, uh, you're working with, again, Jonathan Hickman, who, mm-hmm. uh, I want, I want to, I, I've gotten a chance to meet him very briefly. He seems like a uh, nice gentleman. Uh, oh, but he's super fun. He, he gives off. Let's say he puts on a persona uh, with the internet. Uh, so, question to you. Yeah. Jonathan Hickman, secretly delightful or as much of a handful as he appears? Oh, th- those are not, that's not an, an or situation. <laughs> so that's both. an and situation. <laughs> he's, he's, he's delightful uh, he, and he knows his own ability. <laughs> I would like, agree. He knows how wonderful he is, and he's not afraid to tell you in, a, in the very, most delightful yeah, I think that's ways. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we we were we were talking about this uh, this joke that Hickman made at SDCC about four decades worth of plans for the X Men. Um, while that may have been said in jest, um, I do kind of assume that Jonathan has a bit of a more long term strategy. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So how? It's 2019. I think the longest running numbered series at Marvel right now is probably what? Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? I think Squirrel Girl has it by an issue or two. Right. So how 
how do you approach a long-term plan for storytelling with this franchise when the long runs that, you know, I think a lot of older fans are used to from the eighties and the nineties are a rarity now. You know, the X-Men was the last uh, series to, to reboot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I was working on it at the time and I was very unhappy that we were doing that. <laughs> if it, if it helps, you guys rebooting it was the reason I said, oh, X-Men's at number one now? I should probably pick this up. I heard good things about X-Men. I liked it as a kid. I mean, and can I tell you, honestly, um, it, 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 it happens because it, it works. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, as, a, as a reader who's been reading comics for a long time, I do miss long large when i started reading spider-man it was around issue 300 i wasn't like oh what do i got to read 299 (laughs) issues like i i just picked it up because it was good comics were very different though then and a lot of things were different the way people approached media was different the 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 options available to them were different um as much as it saddens me to say it like i've seen the evidence in the sales Mm -hmm. if you don't reboot the book the sales will go down and if you do the sales will go up and i know it's a it's a temporary boost yes but it's a but having a temporary boost means the numbers start at a higher point when they start going down mm-hmm. so it's helpful um so how do you approach that um i mean I, again i think the big thing is i don't i i i don't have the long term plan for numbering <laughs> worked out like i don't i can't tell you how what jonathan's the number on jonathan's last issue is going to be um, that said, his plan is really big and as wide as well as as long. Uh, it will it like I said, Don of X is very interconnected and very involved with his idea. It's going to be multiple books. It's entirely possible that the books that he's working on start and stop in numbering as well over the the amount of time of his run. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm we uh, we will do our best to make it clear what you books you need to follow although again need to follow is a weird thing to say will hopefully mm-hmm. choose to follow because you love them so much look some um, of us some of us do have a need and it's unhealthy <laughs> but it's there i i mean i know all about it i know all about it i i'm still following a lot of books mm-hmm. so well so you you brought up numbering which isn't the approach i think we were taking on this question but i like oh, it. oh i'm makes sorry me... what did you mean i well, just meant like in general how do you how do you plan for oh well then in that case i'll actually be honest with you uh i i i think you're you're i think you're i don't wrong is too strong of a term i think you're neglecting a lot of things in favor of other things sure Um, when people say there are no long runs anymore they're wrong uh Hmm. that is flat out false there are lots of long runs you're just not thinking about those ones you're thinking about the ones that aren't long runs jason aaron's been on thor for years yep yes Um, and it rules it rules. Jerry Duggan was on uh, Deadpool for ages. Uh, Dan Slott was on Spider-Man for a zillion years. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan obviously had a long run both on FF and then later on Avengers. Um, Brian Bendis had a lot of long runs on a lot of things. <laughs> uh, if you're, I mean, if we're talking again, if we're talking about, I mean, Jason Aaron is a good example. Jason Aaron is currently, I I don't know what the the issue on the stands right the second is. Is it uh, is it I know that we've started soliciting uh, a new Thor number or one, Avengers. right? Or well, are we in a Thor? We're post-war realms. We're in. It's Thor fifteen, but about to be what is right. it, old Got man him. Thor number one? Yeah, King right. Thor. Exactly, exactly. King Thor. So, so his run on Thor has been involved a lot of numbers, and I know that is 
confusing to some people. And yes, I have it all in trade. It's impossible to organize. Well, that's unfortunate. And I mean, honestly, <laughs> that is unfortunate. And I hope that I hope that we find a better system for that. I really do. Um, I know that we are. Jonathan has a lot of big ideas about a lot of things, and one of them mm-hmm. is how his books are collected as well. So mm-hmm. we have talked and thought about a lot about how things are going to be collected in the X-Men universe, and fingers crossed we will make some really awesome things work. That's awesome. Now, follow up to all of that. You don't know what number there's going to be on where it ends. <laughs> Let me ask this. Is adjectiveless X-Men going to continue with the legacy numbering? And if so, do you have any idea what number it's going to be? Because it could be like <laughs> eight different ones. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Look, we're... that's probably a good thing. Without <laughs> being honest. Yeah, Again, I, feel I like don't we're coming... know what to call X-Men number anything anymore yeah it's i feel been like, like we're coming across as like uh as high number enthusiasts which we're not i think okay what we're more interested in is just um you know when someone like jason aaron comes into the room and and eventually we realize that you know his story is bigger than just you know 12 issues worth and jonathan hickman is probably coming at you with something that is much broader than what you know might be expected out of a general uh, writer um, coming into your office. I, I, I'm just kind of curious how, how that works now, you know, because so many writers are coming onto a book and maybe just doing a year or maybe doing two years and they're gone. Um, sure. Whereas Hickman is clearly setting some very, very, you know, this, these are statement books, yeah. you know, just in these two issues, we, we're getting so much new. Um, that, that clearly this is going to have impacts uh, for a long time. Well, Jonathan, I mean, again, Jonathan is is a super pro. Like he he knows what he's doing and he's thought through everything he's doing. So, um, you know, if we had if he had come into that pitch meeting and we'd been like we'd all been like, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a fun idea, but I don't know if this is like a long term thing. He probably would have been able to go, okay, cool, we'll do it in like twelve issues and then and then I'll I'll be out or whatever um Mm -hmm. but but that's not what happened we were like oh we love it we want to support it and he's like great then here's how we expand it to boom there you go not expand and i don't mean expand it i don't want people thinking he had a 12 issue story and now it's going to be 100 issues i mean to places the story will go from there Mm -hmm. (laughs) super decompression He, he turned 12 issues into 100 issues no 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 he had new uh new twists and turns that could go forward from there that's exciting. Now, now, now that uh, you know the house and the powers are out in the world, uh, what's what's your reaction been to seeing you know the response from critics, from fans, from you know kind of everywhere with everyone with their theories and their ideas and their all this stuff? I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to finally see what people are are making of it. I I mean, again, it's this is a crazy book. Um, only two issues out of these 12 issues are out. And right. I think Jonathan has said a lot that part of his goal is that, you know, when you read an issue, you'll go, now I got to go back and read the previous issue. Like things, things change. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I think that you've seen some of that with, with just the first two, that there's things that happen in powers of 10 that are like, wait, really? <laughs> Based on what you just learned about what that meant for pop, for House of X, mm-hmm. um, that gets there's there's some issues that do that even in, in much bigger ways, and 
Um, so it's it's very interesting to see people theorizing because, I mean, generally speaking, they have no idea where we're going, which is great. <laughs> and yet some people uh-huh, have gotten it uh-huh. spot on the entire time, as I'm sure well... you're aware. <laughs> so, look, does Mars exist in our comic? Yes. Yes! That's all I needed. You don't have to go on See, but, anymore. But that's, I kind of good. felt like I kind of felt like the thrust of your theory was your pun. Yes. Which You're not wrong. Is not in either of these two issues so far. Look, we got we got we got ten more. I'm riding the, I'm riding this thing. We got breeding pits on Mars. We got pod people. We got people whose foreheads and their secret third eyes are being covered up. We got time to get there. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> um, well, let's look a little farther down the line. So, uh, sure. just just recently, we uh, got the announcements for Dawn of X. Um, really cool lineups. Really cool teams. Uh, very unexpected things um like a three-person fallen angels book uh so um are these books that are specifically being pitched by hickman and then filled with respective creative teams or are we in a situation where we kind of have the status quo and now you're looking out for the creative teams that can work within this new version of the x universe um well uh that's a great question um they are books that, uh, that, for the most part, they're books that were pitched uh, by the writers. Um, the the idea that became Marauders, uh, Jerry actually pitched to me probably a year ago at this point. Oh, wow. Like, hmm. Immediately upon hearing Jonathan's first version of this story, he was like, okay, here's what I want to do. And uh, it was amazing because he was in the big um, Marvel Summit where mm-hmm. Jonathan right. talked about it. Um. And I was like, "That's a really fun idea." Now it it it's changed a bunch since then, but the the there is a big core of it that was still the same back then. Um, I mean, I might as well say it's the pirate part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the main thrust. Um, the ins and outs of why and who exactly uh, have have shifted a bit, but it's uh, it's great. Um, and then the bulk of the others. Um, I mean, I will say we knew that we were going to have some sort of an X-Force book, um, but I don't think we – I don't think we told Ben Percy – we well, we might have, but it wasn't like you have to do an X-Force book. I think it was probably more along the lines of what do you think about doing an X-Force book, and this is what he came up with uh, mm-hmm. for it, which is really fun. Um, I think I think Teeny pitched us Excalibur. We had an X-Men Summit um, – uh, again, I don't remember exactly when, but we had an X-Men summit where we had people bring ideas for the books and, and what they were uh, looking to explore. And Teeny brought that idea and uh, Brian pitched us the idea that, that turned into Fallen Angels. It wasn't called Fallen Angels at the time. Um, right. I assume his pitch didn't involve a significant portion of Bill the Lobster content. <laughs> uh, no, there's kind of there's like a big question of who's going to eat the lobster. <laughs> Jordan, you can see in our chat, you can see that Bill the Lobster is my icon. So this is coming from a place of true love. So why do you hurt me so much? And it's going to be like, it's going to be like that, 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 there's that Simpsons episode, right? Where only Homer can eat the lobster because he loved him so much. Oh, oh Bill. Oh we... Mourn you till I join you. <laughs> um, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, generally speaking, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, 
if I if I talk for a moment about uh, story pitches and ideas, I mean, there's a there's a there's a there's a sense to people. People like to talk about editorial mandates. Right. Um, you're you're a you're a fascist dictator who's telling everyone right. what to do all the time, right, Jordan? <laughs> right. And that's not the case. And honestly, it's not even like I I, I mean I, the relationship that I have with the creators isn't even like a like I'm the principal or their boss or something. Like it's 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 as collaborative as as possible. And yes, my I work for the company and they are freelancing for the company. Like it is we are in different positions. But I generally speaking, I will go to people and I'm not like, here's what you need to write. This, 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 this. If I go to someone and I bring an idea, it's me going, hey, what do you think about this idea? And they, as a collaborator, will either go, oh, that sounds cool. Or sometimes, no, that doesn't sound cool. Here's what I'm thinking instead. <laughs> it's all, it's very collaborative. It's very up in the air. So generally speaking, we didn't go to people and go, here's exactly what you need to write. Yeah. Um, there are there are things coming up in the future where it is a little bit more like, oh, we need something to deal with this idea. You know, because mm-hmm. because Jonathan does have a big plan um, in in the opening books. Those are the ones Jonathan is just writing. So <laughs> it was a lot easier. He just was like, I'm writing this and I'm writing this. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot more room to, to do the other things. What do you guys want to do? And then that's what we got from the other writers. I think that's exciting. I think that sounds like a healthy way to do things, but I'm not an editor. I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> I think it is. Who knows? <laughs> that's good. Now, one thing about these lineups that we noticed is there aren't any solo titles. Correct. Uh, I assume by your enthusiasm that was intentional. And I know last time we chatted, uh, because I was listening to it today, not because I have a very good memory. Uh <laughs> You you had mentioned that there were some struggles with solo titles in X Men. So was this a you know legitimate like one to one reaction to that, or do you got ha- you know some ideas for solo stuff in the future? Uh, no, I mean that certainly is a factor, but that's not why there are, there aren't any here. I mean, again, it's a it's it was a deliberate choice not to do solo books uh, because yes, the X Men as a franchise generally works best with teams that's what the x-men are about um which is not to say there haven't been great stories told in solo stories but and i think and like you said i think we did talk about this last time but i think we've cracked how to tell a wolverine ongoing series like we know okay (laughs) no i mean in general like you know the history has shown is what i'm saying okay yes 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 no he he's had what four billion issues right right he's a character that we have that in in much the same way that you know what a spider-man ongoing is about you know what a captain america ongoing is about you know what an iron man iron man one is about you know what a wolverine ongoing is about generally speaking you can kind of go this is the sort of stories it'll be this is why it works as a solo character blah 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 blah. there you go Mm -hmm. um i don't think that's true for most x-men characters that doesn't mean it's not worth trying it's of course worth trying i don't think any of them has ever uh, any of the other ones have jumped out in a big way that it's like, oh, that's it. Because if it they because well, if it did, I think they'd still be going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and again, that's not to say there haven't been great runs. There absolutely have. Uh, they're just not as uh, kind of universal and forever <laughs> generating of stories as as a lot of the other solo characters are. I think, in addition to that, in general, because that's not the only reason that this is. In addition, it's just. Given what is going on in the X-Men universe, in House of X and Powers of Ten, it's better to start off on this foot of here's teams. Um, that is so. That is a thing that can and 
will develop. There will eventually be other solo books again. But we're going to start this. This just in, Marvel's not going to stop publishing Wolverine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we did for a while, I guess. I said, okay, forever. It it has has actually been like five years since there's been a, you know, old hairy man Wolverine, Wolverine book. Well, well that's, Dead Man Logan no. is still. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a hundred percent inaccurate. Yeah, Dead Man okay, Logan that, hasn't finished with, yet. You're you're not wrong. There, <laughs> there's not been a traditional Wolverine title since Death of Wolverine. A Wolverine the... ongoing series. Yes. Well, all new Wolverine, but never mind. We're getting into semantics a, here. A Wolverine meaning Logan ongoing series uh, that isn't Old Man Logan. Yes. Yes. Or Marvel I mean, Comics presents. That's a lot of caveats. Uh, and we did just do the Wolverine Infinity War series, which uh, for some reason, a lot of people said it's part of his return. And I was like, no, he's back. That's why he's on an adventure now. But OK. <laughs> I think I'm not going to say who might have said that. <laughs> a some lot of people. people. Some people. I don't know who they would be. But no, that's that's interesting. Uh, so I, I think at this point, uh, Adam, you uh, you've got some Twitter questions oh. that I'm sure Jordan's not tired of people asking him questions on Twitter. <laughs> so we figured. I, honestly, I. I wish I could do more Twitter Q and A's. They're hard. Mm-hmm. They're hard because I get well, a lot of, of spoiler questions. Yeah, of course, because everybody just wants to know what's happening next. And we've yeah. uh, we've selected a few here that I don't think trespass into that territory. Some people actually had some some pretty interesting questions here. So uh, oh, excellent, yeah. excellent. So let's start with um, Charlie Etheridge Nunn at Charlie underscore En. Um, is editing Jonathan Hickman's charts different than editing his general comic scripts? Uh, do they start off handwritten or on some kind of spreadsheet before they get all their beautiful design work applied to them? That's a great question. Um, it's, I mean, it's different in that. Yeah. I mean, obviously it, it requires slightly different skills, but, um, as for the, the actual practicality of how it, it happens, uh, it, the first issue, it happened that way where not handwritten, but he gave us like a, a, a RTF file or something uh, that with the doc with the text on it. Uh, but ever since then, uh, it's been us just getting beautiful, uh, hand, not hand, but, you know, manually designed uh, files from him that we, we uh, read and do proofreading on. Um uh, which obviously works a lot of the time, although there already have been mistakes. So sorry about that. Um, it it's definitely difficult proofreading Krakoan. <laughs> uh, so we did make a mistake on that first issue regarding that. Is it more or less difficult proofreading Krakoan than uh, Dupe Speak? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit more right now because we're less used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Although, I mean, there's definitely a bunch of letters that I now know on site for Krakoan. That's beautiful. Uh, for sure. For sure. I feel like we're all going to get there at some point. I think we will. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Star Wars before. Scott Redmond, uh, agent of girl at Scott P. Redmond, asks, For you, personally, what has been the biggest difference between editing X-Men and the other lines you have edited in the past? Hmm. Hmm. Um this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like the fandom is more intense. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I know. And, and, uh, and of course, like as X-Men fans, you guys are going, yeah, of course, but think about it. We're talking about star Wars fans. They're pretty yeah. intense. Right. Yeah. They're crazy. That's a too. lot. They're pretty intense. 
But I, 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 maybe because it's a smaller and tighter community, I feel it more with X Men. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably mm-hmm. why. Um, but I definitely, I definitely feel it in a way that I didn't. Uh, uh, with Star Wars as much, um, but I enjoy that. I mean, again, I like that people are passionate about the books, and I, I am passionate about the books. I mean, I'm the difference is I'm passionate about them in a different way than, than, than y'all are, um, because <laughs> sure. I'm passionate about them from the point of view of someone who's helping to make the story happen, and uh, as opposed to just someone who's enjoying them. Yeah, and right. It's different, and that definitely that's. Uh, that relationship is interesting and weird, but I hope it's good. Yeah, I can believe yeah, that. I, I, I hope that, that tracks. <laughs> um, is that the only way? Um, I mean, it's, you know, obviously working with Lucasfilm uh, for Star Wars is a very different experience than working on books that are wholly Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, I also worked on all the Deadpool books for a long time. Honestly, I probably was able to get away with a lot more on the Deadpool books because people were kind of like... I, I can't even believe these are working. I guess keep going, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's definitely a lot more like, what are you doing over there? Kind of stuff going on with X-Men. Yeah. Uh, You're not doing anything too crazy, are you? And we're like, no, just just charts for for a million pages. (laughs) Just crack poet tumors. Nothing big. Um, One Wheelchair X asks, after a year as the X-Men editor, have any of your opinions on individual X characters or X Men relationships storylines changed since you started? Oh, that's a great question, and the answer is a million billion percent. Yeah, absolutely, um, and that has to do with exactly what I was talking about before. That I love my job, and I love making stories with people, and putting out comic books that I care about affects how i feel about the characters in them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um a um, hundred million percent um a lot of x-men fans uh have asked me things over the years and months more recently and uh, i will give again i usually will give pretty truthful answers of my opinions of things because my opinions are just my opinions right but then they like mm-hmm. to be able to make a mental profile of me and know everything that i will think before i think it <laughs> um which is generally um 80% wrong uh, when they do that. Um, but but yes, to complicate that, yeah, doing stories about the characters definitely changes how I feel about them. Um, I feel differently about Emma Frost from working on X-Men Black and talking with Leah about her and figuring out where things are going to go with her across this year and then going forward. Um, not in the way that I'm like, oh, I 100% went back on it and she's like a, an angel. Um. <laughs> no, she's she's running the Hellfire Trading Society or whatever it is. Yeah, Hell, Hell, Hellfire Trading Company. Um, yeah, the trading company's always the good guys in all those pirate stories, right? Well, that I, I can't comment on. You'll see. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Marauders... Well, anyway, uh, you'll see. Um... <laughs> I mean, and part of it is because I guess part of it is because I, I feel like when, when we're talking about these ca- characters, well, I mean, when we're talking about characters like Emma and Magneto, um, I feel like there are some fans who really want to be like, no, they're great and they're right. And I I like them a lot. 
but I like them for their flaws. And I honestly, I kind of like a lot of characters for their flaws. Mm-hmm. I'm rereading the Morrison X-Men right now. Um, and I was tweeting about it. And some people uh, love it. And some people hate it. And uh, some, of the, some of the Cyclops fans who hate it, uh, hate it because it made him do these awful things. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Everybody does bad things. Like, I... I don't know. I feel I find it interesting that his relationship isn't perfect. Like mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, it's more interesting. Yeah. And now I just made all Cyclops fans hate me. So there you go. <laughs> Jordan, 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 please. You did that months ago. I know. I know. Again, I'm, I I reinforced it. I reinforced it. <laughs> um, but honestly, yes. Uh, Jonathan is a really good writer, and he is able to write characters in ways that make me reconsider how they they work and 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 what is good about them. Um, and the same is true for the people that I've worked with uh, up and down the line. Uh, I mean, again, why do I like Sage? I like Sage because I worked on New Exiles. I mean, and yeah, I I read that last weekend. <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about that one, Jordan. Speaking I know of pirates, you were new. I know I, you were new. I wasn't. I mean, again, I was assistant editing that book, so so I was not editing. <laughs> editing that book but i was assistant editing and i was just learning what i was doing i wrote you, a lot of recaps you weren't going to give notes to uh you weren't going to give notes to comic book legend chris claremont on that story <laughs> well it depends on what you mean by notes i literally gave him notes on my first day like they literally had me call him on the phone and tell him our notes how intimidating day. was that <laughs> pretty intimidating pretty intimidating um <laughs> I mean, they weren't like, throw out what you're doing, Chris, start over. Like, they were like, you know, note, constructive notes. Like, right. on this page, we're thinking something more like this. Or, you know, this is part isn't working. Here's why we don't think it's working. What do you think? That kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes, very intimidating. It was crazy. Um, but I had fun working on it because, again, that was one of the first comics I ever got to work on. My first actual credited comic book is Exiles number 99 from a, a little bit before New Exiles. Mm-hmm. But right. uh, I worked on Die by the Sword, and then I worked on New Exiles, and I just thought Sage was fun. And honestly, also, can I be honest, partially because there were fans who were passionate about her, and they made me interested in her. Oh, yeah. Wild stuff. Yeah. All right, our next question comes to us from at Robert Scundis, who is the uh, co-writer of um, the Hox Pox Talks, Mm-hmm. Um, which is co-written by Chris Edelman and hosted at XavierFiles.com. Thank you for the plug. They are doing a great, great job over there. Um, I thought this was a really interesting question. So, are they are they are they working on the the, the powers of X ones right now? Yes. I mean, like I'm editing it at lunch tomorrow. Yep. So oh, I can't it'll be wait. up by the time y'all are listening to this, guys. Yeah. It's it's up. Go go to it. Go to the website. It's right there. Yeah, go. sweet. Just by chance, we happen to know a biologist and a religious uh, uh, scholar, so <laughs> it seems to be a good combo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, Robert's question is that a teacher has informed you that they are going to teach a course with Hoxpox as the central story. Um, they need either a movie, a novel, or a story, not a comic book, that would fill out the syllabus the the what's being taught in the course um you do a great job of uh making song recommendations as part of your (laughs) x-men monday features can you think of something that would uh fill out this hoxpox course for this uh, professor 
Well, first, let me start by saying I definitely am scared by those music recommendations <laughs> because I'm so nervous about things that I'm not thinking of in the song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll be flipping through my collection being like, hmm, what do you think of this? Oh, what do you think of this? And then I'll have to be like, oh, that one's good. But then I'm like, but but is there some like weird line in there that people are going to be like, oh, why does he recommend a song that says this about this character? <laughs> yeah, have to really, there. <laughs> I really have to think about it and go. Hmm, blah, 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 blah. This is a tough one. Um. I mean, I'll tell you what I'm not going to say, which is that there were actually a couple of things that Jonathan specifically was like referenced to me and were like, you should check these out. And I can't say them because I think they're too spoilery. Mm. Um, um, so let me let me uh, dredge the depths of my uh, of my brain to see what kind of stuff would would make sense for this. Oh, well, while he's dredging, I'm going to answer this for myself, Adam, Please. based only on my limited knowledge, which is. Two uh two issues of this book, uh and mostly the first one. And what I'd say is uh the film Annihilation. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a good one. Because it's one they talk about Hawks genes in it. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I paused the film when I was watching it, and I texted the guys who were watching Hawks or writing the Hawks box stuff, including uh, Robert. And I said, guys, they just said this. It means something. This is a clue. Uh, but also, it's a very engaging uh, kind of high sci-fi uh, suspense film with a lot of the uh, same, like, natural elements and a lot of the, you know, kind of higher level stuff that uh, Hickman uh, has been doing in the first two issues. Man, that's a really good answer. I know. That's why I stole it. I just bought... I, <laughs> and Zach, I literally just got the, just books, got the right? hardcover of the novels, uh, like, before this. You're going to love oh. it, Zach. You're going to love it. Well, Jordan, if you need a little more time, we can move on to a different one. Yeah, let me try to just like let the back of my head work. Because here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. Like I, I don't uh, – a lot of times in my in my free time, I, uh, I engage in a lot more ridiculous uh, 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 media, like uh, uh, sometimes horror movies or, mm-hmm. or, you know, detective stories or stuff like that that don't take necessarily as much of my brain as, uh, as House <laughs> of X and Powers of Ten do. Um, so I'm sure there are some that and I'm just I'm going to try to think about them. But like I'm sitting, I'm like, well, what have I read? And it's like everything I've read recently is a lot of like, yeah, detective novels and stuff. So you're saying <laughs> you're saying the 2014 Evil Dead is not a good <laughs> reference. Like I would love to. I would love to say it is, but it's no, it, it's not. Um, yeah, I'll, I, keep, I I'll keep thinking got, about it. I'll keep thinking. I think about we've it got like one other question on Twitter. Yeah, should I go for the uh, the softball question? I, I I like this last one. Um, sure, go I, for I it. I gotta ask this question. Um, un- We've been mean enough on this yes. one. Uncanny T Rex Jones at Seeking Dystopia with a zero asks, uh, Jordan, what is your favorite kind of muffin? And subsequently, what is your favorite X Men character's favorite muffin? <laughs> oh, gee whiz, <laughs> that's hard. Um. There is a wrong answer to this, by the oh, way. Oh, no! There is? It's Jordan's yeah. favorite. How can there be wrong? There's good muffins and bad muffins. I mean, I'm going to say, like, corn muffin, like a cornbread mm. muffin. Those like are that? those are really like good. That's a more savory muffin than I expected. <laughs> but, like, usually there's, like, a sweetness to the top part. Not, like, frosting, sure. but, like, a little bit yeah. of sweetness. There's, yeah, like, it... honey. Honey. Uh, not literally dripping off of it, but, you know, honey baked into the top. But that's like a, that's like a level of 
of sweetness removed from like a banana mut- nut muffin, not no, even right. like a true dessert dessert muffin. My second choice probably would have been like apple cinnamon, which obviously Ooh, is much more of a sweet good. one. Ooh. So then, twisting that, what is Sage's favorite muffin? <laughs> now, Sage is not my favorite X-Men <laughs> character, just to be clear. She's great. No, but we've, we've talked about her enough. Okay. Um, oh, jeez. So Sage is, Sage is real classy. So what's a real classy muffin? You are asking the wrong dude. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I'm, not, I'm not classy either. I mean, I, I mean you probably noticed whenever anybody asks me where Sage is, I always have said, in a bathtub sipping wine. <laughs> That's my go-to answer. Now it's not true anymore. Now she's, uh, you now know, she's running the control center. Computer. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What's the classiest muffin? Probably like something like really fancy, like a... Like a like a lemongrass poppy muffin or something ooh, like that. Ooh, yes. that's a good I one. I like that. That was gourmet. That's a good one. That was that was a little uh, more challenging than I expected it to be. It is. It is. The only thing I have for classy muffin is this picture of oh. this muffin with a monocle <laughs> and a mustache, and that's all Google could give me when I typed in classy muffin. And it says English muffin. It's a pun. It's hilarious. I, I like that a lot. It's very good. Guys, just type in or classy muffins on Google. You'll find there it. You it's go. the it's the funny one at and the And if front. you end up at an adult site, no, that was Zach's fault. I would hope not. <laughs> I have safe search on. Don't uh, click the bachelorette party button that's next to it though for some reason. Okay. That's not a joke. That it says birthday muffins, happy birthday, fancy bachelorette party. I assume number four is gonna get you to some content. Now with <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> with all that aside uh jordan i want to thank you so much for being on the show this week it was a lot of fun and we're really excited about uh what's coming next and what you got in the pipeline i i i've been trying to think more about this uh, the 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 recommended reading or watching and i'm trying to think of like a really cool piece of media that spans millennia um and i just am coming up blank like i didn't see uh that movie the 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 Wachowski Plot movie. Atlas? Yeah, I didn't see that. And I didn't... I, so I've heard mixed things. So I don't want to recommend a movie. I don't know if it's any good. Can I make a recommendation? Read the you, book. You may. Read the book. Is it, is it a good book? book is fantastic. I, I so then, can't get through the movie, but I, I do really like the book. That's interesting. I mean, it's an interesting concept. Oh, it's um, great. And, uh, and again, I, I'm sure there are some really good uh, sci-fi books aside from the two that Jonathan recommended that I can't give for spoiler reasons. <laughs> uh, fair. That's fair enough. But I can't. I just, I'm so not is, coming up with anything. Is the answer that, yes, you have recommended reading, but you got to wait a bit before you tell people? Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. So, Robert, uh, more to come. More to I come. feel bad. No, don't feel bad. I mean, you're, just you're watch. Uh, yeah. Here, <laughs> uh, watch I'll Brazil. Tell him Brazil's not to great. Get excited. Does it Brazil? make any? Yeah, I don't know. Like, does it have anything to do with this? Not really, but it's great, and it's, you'll get something out of it. <laughs> you're you're absolutely correct. It's a great movie. That's... Well, that's great. Now, Jordan, uh, where where can uh, what do you got going on? Where can people find you online? What you uh, what you up to besides a... redefining X Men? Oh, um, aside from that, well, I'm on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero instead of an O. Um, yes, for reasons. If you want to know those reasons, go listen to our last day interview. <laughs> um, I am still doing uh, Sailor Business, uh, which is a podcast about Sailor Moon. Uh, we are 
just uh, a few episodes into the last season of the 1992 Sailor Moon anime, the Sailor Stars season. We just finished the Queen Helenia section of that season and are about to start the Sailor Starlights section. Um, we took a few weeks off because of Comic-Con and, and other uh, life things that were happening in July, but we're about to come back. Um, if you're, yeah, if you're a fan of Sailor Moon, we, Sailor Moon's a lot of fun. Uh, we, we struggled a lot with season four because it's not good. Oh. Yeah. Bonk. And also, these seasons, I don't know if you know, it's one of these, like, it's anime seasons, so they're like 40 episodes each. <laughs> so there was, it was a real slog getting through the bad season about a romance between a little girl and a horse. Um, kind of. Wait. Wait, like Supergirl? So, Supergirl did come up. Chris did talk about Supergirl, yes. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, uh, but Sailor Moon General is a lot of fun, and so I do recommend uh, checking out Sailor Business if you like it. Um, what else am I doing? Uh, I did uh, I did record two X-Men songs for people, uh, but you guys yes. kept making me do songs about the most obscure X-Men ever, so I haven't gone back <laughs> to it recently. Look, fair. Fair. <laughs> and then I tried to do, uh, why don't we do a thing where you guys pick an issue and I'll write a song about it. But then, like, basically no issue got two votes. And I was like, this is this is a pain. I'm not <laughs> hey, doing there's this. There's several. There, I don't know if you know it. There's several X-Men. I know, but I was hoping some people would get behind one. Like, people would be like, oh, yeah, that one. Like, I vote for that, too. But everybody was just you like. you got to give people four options in a poll <laughs> and just run with it. You're giving the people too much power. Give them the illusion of choice, Jordan. Oh. Oh, I've heard that before. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Other than that, just Marvel Comics that I work on. There's a lot of fun. Uh, we just did a really awesome five-issue series called Secret Warps, which is super fun. If people haven't read I, that. I, I did hear from a certain writer that there was a Ghost Panther involved. There is Ghost Panther. Uh, it's, it's a universe that is made up of Marvel characters mashed together in twos. So there's uh, Soldier Supreme, Iron Hammer, Ghost Panther, Arachnite, and Weapon Hex. <laughs> and uh, they all team up to to fight a giant crazy thing. Basically, uh, Al Ewing wrote it, and Al Ewing is a, a mad genius. Um, he basically took inspiration on every one of these issues where he would go, each one is like a combination of two Marvel events. <laughs> nice. That's, that's, that's a high concept I can't <laughs> get behind. And then... Uh, do you want me to drop a, a spoiler for the last issue? That... Absolutely, because I've got six months before those are hitting that app, Jordan. I'm going to be honest. The Infinity Warps get uh, mashed up together in the last issue. Oh. <laughs> Mashup of mashups. Yeah, it's it, and he I... and he makes it work. When he pitched that to me, I was like, I think that's going too far. Like, that's not going to make sense. And <laughs> that's then, a lot. And then he wrote it, and I was like, never mind. Well, it's if anybody perfect. was going to make it work, Al Ewing would uh, be mm-hmm, the person, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, I think we said earlier in this episode, he's pretty good. Yeah. He sure is. I love him. Um, yeah, so I'm, I do do some other weird stuff. I've got Gwenpool coming out soon as well, which is a lot of fun uh, by Leah Williams. And uh, so I do work on other stuff that isn't X-Men, although not quite as much of it as I used to. Awesome. Awesome. That is great. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, you can uh, catch this and everything else we do on ExhibitFiles.com. That's where you have Hoxpox Talks, uh, which the second uh, article will have been out by now. You can also find my writing in 240 characters or less of bad content on Twitter.com at ExhibitFiles. And I think that's pretty much... Oh! Oh, oh, because we didn't mention it on the last episode because it didn't exist. If you go on over to the Young Ones uh, podcast, you can hear an episode that me, Adam, uh, 
friends of the show, uh, Dan Grote, uh, Charlie Davis, and Chris Edelman did talking about uh, House of X and the Dawn of X books. Nice. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun to do. I only had four whiskeys during it. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> I was a long day. It was Sunday. It was fine. Oh. Adam, what are you up to? All right, guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Uh, I've got new pages of Bishon Jubes, the Cross Time Conundrum, every X Men Monday at adamrec.tumblr.com. And uh, that's that's about it. That's that's what's going on. Um, Jordan, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Well, thank you. I, I hope I hope it was good. I hope everybody enjoyed it. It was. Now, next week we have something special. We have a regular episode. But we are jumping into one of my favorite stories of all time oh. in one of my favorite universes of all times. Oh. It's a it's a it's an Age of Apocalypse episode, guys. Yes. <gasps> this is going to be a good one. Uh, there's only one of the stories is from the original Age of Apocalypse, so it's going <laughs> to be a little wild. Oh my! Up, it's the, it's the best one too, guys. It's the one that's really good and still holds up better than like almost anything from the nineties. Oh, but anyway, guys. Uh, until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!